Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our I Am, Jesus in His Own Words sermon series. This series explores the I Am statements made by Jesus and how these two words and His statements that follow tell so much about who Jesus is to us and to the world. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We'd love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select contact us, and send us an email. So we're in the last Sunday of this series, I Am, Jesus in His Own Words. And we've been looking at the seven statements that begin I Am, that Jesus made about Himself. It's important for us to know that when He said I Am, He was using the name that God had given Moses when He met Him in the desert. And so when Jesus was taking on that, He was saying, I am God. But Jesus also added some other words to these seven statements. So I'm just going to run through them just to refresh our memory. The first one he said was, I am the bread of life. And when he said that, he was saying, I'm your provider. I'm going to take care of you. I'll give you what you need. Then he said, I am the light of the world. In other words, he's going to show us the way to go. He's going to show us how to live. So we need to walk in his light. Then he said, I am the gate for the sheep. In other words, and this one's not as obvious. He's saying, I'm I'm going to protect you. And then he said, I am the good shepherd. I'm going to take care of you. And then he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He's promising that, that this life on earth isn't everything. Is When our bodies give out, we're going to be resurrected. And then he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he was saying, listen, I'm the only way. I'm the only way to God. I'm the only way to heaven. And today we're going to look at, I am the true vine. Now, you know, I think we've all noticed it got pretty hot this week. And so you're probably thinking about gardening and and uh, some of you are. Maybe you're not, but, uh, you know, but you couldn't help notice that the trees are budding. The flowers are blooming. The grass is growing. You got to start your lawnmowers. You got to get to to work because of that. So I think it's appropriate that we, we talk about Jesus as the true vine, because in this passage of Scripture from John 15, we sort of get this whole view of nature and, and this illustration that, that would have rung very clear and very true to first century Israelites when they heard this. So if you got a Bible or a Bible app, I want you to turn to John chapter 15. If you don't have it, that's okay. It's going to be on the screen behind me. We're going to read through uh, this section of Scripture. It's a little long, but I just want you to, to really soak it in and, and listen to what God says to us. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. 
If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. So let's talk about this. Jesus says, I I am the true vine. Let let me just give you a little bit of historic context. You know, as I said, first century Israelites would have been very clear with this idea of, of vineyards and vines and how one tended it because it was an agrarian culture and people... Uh, whether they worked on in vineyards or not, they were familiar with it because it was all around them. And, and uh, vineyards and, and uh, uh, orchards were, were just part of that culture. And so they would have understood this idea of being a vine and what needs to be done to take care of that vine. But here's the thing that would have been controversial. In the Old Testament, we see that over and over again, Israel is referred to as the vine. And as the vine, over and over in Scripture, we learn that as the vine, Israel is not faithful. And Israel receives God's judgment over and over again. So when Jesus came on the scene and he said, I am the true vine, that would have been controversial because uh, people would have said, wait a minute, Israel, we are the vine. And now you're saying you're the true vine. But what Jesus was saying, listen, is I am the faithful and true one to God the Father. I am the one who has come to show you the way to God. And so as the faithful, true vine, I want you to stay connected to me and I want you to follow me. So from here, Jesus moves into this idea of talking about bearing fruit. So let me just read a couple of verses going back to the first part of John chapter 15. He says, my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more uh, even more fruitful vine. What Jesus is getting at here, for, for anybody that has worked in vineyards or in orchards, they understand that to grow healthy, productive uh, fruit in abundance, you have to prune. You have to, to cut away the branches that are dead, that won't bear any fruit, so you can make room for the living branches. And for the living branches there is also still a need to prune because if you prune off some of those branches, it will grow even healthier and more luscious fruit. It will give the vine and the branches more uh, space to work with to grow those. And so people would understand that. Now, obviously, there's, there's an application for us. You know, we have to ask ourselves, you know, There are two kinds of branches. There are fruitful branches and there are unfruitful branches. Which are we when it comes to our relationship with God? You don't have to answer that right now, but let's let's talk about what the key to being fruitful is. And let's go back 
to John chapter 15, picking up in verse four. Jesus says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So the key to being fruitful is remaining in Jesus. Being connected to him. Now, the Bible tells us that there are, are ways to be fruitful. And the first way that Scripture talks to us about being fruitful is what we know happens when we come to faith in Jesus Christ. Scripture tells us that when somebody decides to believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and follow him, when they say that they want to do that, God sends the Holy Spirit to live inside of us. Now, you know, for some people that's sort of like sort of uncomfortable and scary, but the truth of the matter is God, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us. We're not God, but the Holy Spirit comes in us and the role of the Holy Spirit is to be, a, be our teacher, to be our guide, and to be our comforter. And when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, the Spirit wants to work in us and to, to help us bear fruit, what we call the fruit of the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit does that by uh, encouraging us, by teaching us, by guiding us, by comforting us, encouraging us to, to trust the Holy Spirit. And, and in the book of Galatians, we read about those spiritual fruit. It says in Galatians chapter 5 that the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, some of you are saying, well, those are character qualities. They are, but, but the Holy Spirit wants to bear that kind of fruit in the lives of everyone who is a follower. The Holy Spirit wants us to become more like Jesus, and Jesus embodies all nine of those fruits of the Spirit. He wants us to become like that, to bear those kinds of fruit. But that's not the only kind of, of fruit that the Holy Spirit wants us to bear, to bear. The other kind of fruit that he wants us to bear are acts of ministry and service that align with both the fruit of the Spirit and the advancement of God's kingdom purposes on earth. So God wants us to be his followers, and that means he wants us to do ministry in his name. He wants us to serve him and to serve the world in Jesus' name. This isn't about doing good deeds for good deeds' sake. This isn't about doing good deeds to please God. This is about letting God the Holy Spirit work in us as followers of Jesus to accomplish God's purposes, using us in this way. Now, you know, I, I always say that this is important for us to understand. You know, as I look out at, at you this morning, I, I see people that are very intelligent, very competent, uh, very uh, gifted and talented. And you can do a lot of things, a lot of good things, a lot of great things in your own skill, in your own intellect, because of the way that God has put you together. But here's the key. There are some things that God wants you to do that you can only do when you're connected to him. He wants you to be in a relationship with him. And so we're going to talk about 
what I call abiding in him. All right. So uh, we are faithful and fruitful with our character and with our service and ministry. Uh, when, we're, when we're like that, we'll find that God wants to work in our lives. But how do we become faithful and fruitful? Remember what it said in verse five, 4. Jesus said, remain in me. That's how we become fruitful. That's the key. Now, uh, in other translations like the King James or the New King James, it uses the word abide. Now, I prefer the, the New International Version translation, and it says remain, not abide. And remain is good. Remain talks about staying in one place. It's talking about staying connected. But the reason I like abide is when you look up the definition of abide, it says abiding is to act in accordance with. And so when we abide in Jesus, we're acting in accordance with him and his character and his values and who he is. In other words, we're becoming more like him, which is what it means to bear the fruit of the spirit and to bear fruit in ministry and service. So let's look at what abiding in the true vine looks like. Uh, abiding in Jesus in a real, is, talks about being in a relationship with Jesus. And I'm, I'm going to tell you three things that are essential to abide in Christ. In other words, to have a relationship with him. The first thing that's essential is this. You've got to talk to Jesus. You've, you've got to have a relationship with him. You've got, you've got to communicate with him. You can't have a relationship with anybody without talking to him. You've got to communicate in some form or fashion. Even if you don't have the ability to speak, you find ways to communicate if you're going to be in a relationship with him. And so being in a relationship with Jesus is about learning to talk to him because he wants to hear from you. He wants you uh, to speak to him and he wants to encourage you. He is the son of God, but he's fully God and fully human. And he wants to communicate to us and with us. So very simply, we get to talk to him as much as we want. And, and, and you know, um, I need to say this. Talking with Jesus, it's so simple that anyone can do it. And it's so simple that a lot of us don't do it. Because we think it's got to be more complicated than that. It doesn't have to be more complicated. Talking with Jesus is as simple as talking to your best friend. Letting him know what's on your heart. What's on your mind, what, what you're excited about, what you're concerned about, maybe what, what you're upset about, what, whatever it is. And uh, one writer describes it this way. Uh, Jesus has much to say to us, but he allows us to set the pace of the conversation. If we start, he will continue the conversation as long as we do. When we stop, he stops and he waits until we begin it again. He responds to the degree to which we communicate with him. We abide in Christ more consistently, he writes, by having many short 10 to 20 second exchanges with the Lord throughout the day. In addition to having longer focused prayer times that we put into our regular routine. It's this idea that, that we communicate with, to him and we let him speak to us in the spirit. You may sense that he's speaking to you uh, very clearly, or you may just sense that in your soul and your spirit that, that he's giving you peace about something or he's nudging you in a direction. Or you may feel that you hear very clearly from him. Everybody experiences it differently. But, but the important thing is we start a conversation and we, we, 
we let him speak to us. He's going to speak to us through the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. He's also going to speak to us uh, through God's word. So that's the second thing that I, I want us to talk about. If we're going to abide in Christ, we need to apply what Jesus teaches in his word to our hearts and to our lives. Uh, the Bible is God's words, word to us, and he gives us promises that we can apply to our lives and live our lives based on. So, for instance, our emotions such as shame, guilt or fear or, or rejection, they often rise up in us and they challenge what God says in his word about who we are and what we're supposed to do. And the enemy does that. The enemy loves to challenge those truths, but we can apply the promises of his word in our hearts by confessing the truths of Scripture that, that God says about us and resisting the devil's lies. So basically, we're taking a stand for what the word says is true about us by speaking those words over whatever we're feeling, whatever, wherever Satan's attacking us. If we feel shame or guilt or fear of rejection, we can apply the truths from uh, Romans 8, which says, no, uh, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. See, we can apply the truth of God's word over our lives. But here's the deal. To do this does mean we have to be familiar with God's word. We have to be reading it. We have to be letting it uh, soak into our hearts and our minds and our souls so we can state those truths and walk in the truth of what he says about us. The third way that we need to abide in Christ is by obeying Jesus' leadership. A relationship with Jesus means we acknowledge that, that he's our leader, or as it says in the Bible, that he's our Lord, that, that he's guiding us and teaching us. And as our Lord, as our leader, he gives us commands that we're supposed to follow um, to walk in his blessings. And so let me just give you a, a clear example from a previous chapter in the Gospel of John. He writes this, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show myself to them. So from these words, we understand that those who set their hearts to keep Jesus' commands are the ones who truly love him. We're not going through the motions. We're really seeking to be faithful and obedient to what he commands. And so obedience to Jesus is an expression of our love to him. We're setting our hearts toward loving him in that spirit of obedience. And he promised to manifest his presence to us when we obey him. And we want to know him deeper. So let, let's sort of talk about that. If you want to know Jesus and grow with Jesus, you have to be obedient to him. And on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said this, Blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they will see God. What's he saying? The pure in heart are those who are obedient. We're going to grow closer to Jesus and understand more and more about him as we're faithful followers of him. It's so important that we understand that. So we abide in him. And the scripture then says that he abides in us. So let's talk about that. Remember, he said, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So you need to abide. Be connected with him. 
That means that we remain in that relationship. Uh, when a person comes to faith in, in Jesus Christ, uh, the Holy Spirit comes into their lives. And as I said earlier, the Holy Spirit comes to be our teacher, our guide, and our comforter. So the Holy Spirit is the presence of Jesus abiding in us, working in our lives, manifesting his presence in our minds and our emotions and in our lives. The Apostle Paul understood this. And in the book of Ephesians, he wrote this prayer. He said, I pray that out of his glorious riches, God may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. This is what Paul was praying. He was praying that, that Jesus would dwell in us, that he would abide in our lives. And through the spirit that, that we would be born anew, we'd be born again, and that we would understand that we would have that peace because Christ dwells in us through the power of the Spirit. You need to understand that Jesus desires to be in a relationship with you. He desires to be on an, in an ongoing relationship, that you communicate with him, that you follow him, that, that you obey his commands and he's abiding in you. And Scripture just shows us all the time about how he wants to be in that relationship. In the book of Revelation, uh, John records some writings from Jesus to many of the churches. And the Lord speaks to each one of them. And to one of them, he speaks to them specifically about how he desires to have a relationship with people who believe in him. Now, the scripture I'm going to read in just a moment is one we often use. It talks about how to reach people for Christ, that the Lord wants to, invite, to be invited into their lives. But if you go back to the context of this, Jesus was speaking to people who were already believers, already followers. And look at what he says. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him or her and dine with them and they with me. He's saying, listen, I'm knocking. I want to come into your life. I want to abide with you. I want to be in a relationship with you. Invite me in. Invite me into every part of your life. God wants to abide in us. And he does that when he sent Jesus to come to earth to tell us that he's the true vine and that we're the branches and we can stay connected with him. And then when he ascended into heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit so that when we come to faith in him, the Holy Spirit comes into us. And that's where we let Christ abide in our lives. The Holy Spirit wants to do three things. First, the Holy Spirit wants to, to live in us and to teach us about Jesus' heart and to teach us about his word. Second, the Holy Spirit wants to guide and inspire us with courage to keep diligently seeking after God. And third, the Holy Spirit wants to comfort and empower us by renewing our minds and renewing our wills and renewing our emotions so that we can live in obedient love. And he wants to release his power in our lives. That's the power of living connected to Jesus, the true vine. He wants to be connected to you. 
So here's the question. Will you abide in him? He wants to abide in you. Will you abide in him and let him come into your life each and every day and be a faithful follower of him? This kind of message really needs to wrap up with some self-introspection. We need to ask ourselves some hard questions. Am I abiding in Jesus? Am I letting him be connected to me? Is there something that he wants to prune out of my life? Is there something getting in the way of me abiding in him? So I want to take a little time to go into to prayer. And I want you to ask those questions of the Lord. And I want you to ask him to speak to you. He'll speak to you in, the, in, the, in your heart. If he doesn't speak to you right now, he will speak to you. So just trust him. So let's just close our eyes and bow our heads. And let's pray. Father, we thank you that you sent Jesus, that, that he is the true vine, that he has come to work in our lives, to guide us and to direct us. And he wants us to remain in him, to abide in him. And so, Lord, I pray right now for each and every one of us as we just take this silent prayer to speak to you, that you would speak to us about abiding in you. Lord, we thank you that you hear our prayers and that you answer them. So, Lord, I pray that you would just make it clear that you hear us and that we're having that mutual relationship, that we're praying and that you're hearing us and communicating back. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.